You're listening to The Voice, episode 37. This episode hosted by Danny Starr. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 37 of The Voice. I really hope that you listened and enjoyed our previous episode 36. That was a conversation that I recorded a few months ago with selected winners of the IBC Ottawa Excel Awards. Uh, Today is going to be a conversation that I recorded at those awards with CBC Ottawa's Alan Neal, who was the MC and host for the evening. Join us back here in a couple weeks. We're going to have episode 38, which is going to be the second part of our three-part series on news media and digital storytelling in the digital age with Kevin Newman, CTV's digital evangelist and co-host of Question Period. And then two weeks after that, we'll have episode 39 that's going to be with TVO's Steve Pakin. Hope you enjoy the episode and take care. So my final guest of the evening here is uh, the MC for the night, and this was the second year, right, that you've done this? It was. This indeed. was the second yes. year. Yeah, I have Alan Neal here, who's the host of the CBC Ottawa's All in a Day, which is the number one drive time program in Ottawa. Yeah. Uh, very exciting. Yeah, the ratings. Uh, I'm, are I'm a listener, and as we were talking about earlier, right, we're almost neighbors at work. Yes. So very close, uh, and and I follow Danny on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, yeah, we follow each other on Twitter. So my first time this seeing is our him first in real time life. Meeting in he person. Nothing like his picture. He's actually <laughs> tall, blonde. Thank you. I look like Thor. Right? Exactly. That is pretty much. They call him Star. Yes. <laughs> Um, so I wanted I, I wanted to talk to you a little bit because I think that you're in a very interesting position, right? Being sort of on the media side of things, right? Um, so generally, what do you sort of see as being the biggest changes that have affected the way in which you work in the communications industry in the last couple of years? Well, I mean, it's interesting because there was a point when I first came to CBC, which was, <laughs> believe it or not, like 1997, working as a casual. You know, part of your job every day was going through the fax machines, right? That was sort of one of the, the major, and you were getting mailed in things on a regular basis. Now, and then of course it shifted to the email range and, and so on, but now it's almost this instantaneous thing where uh, I'm, you as the media are now following the communications experts instead of them pitching to you all the time. So you're sometimes discovering things that are going on that people are putting out there in the world of Twitter or, or uh, Facebook or whatever not that aren't being pitched to you in the same way that it used to be, but there's an easier way of discovering what's happening. And, I, and I'm, just, I'm not necessarily even talking about... It's interesting when you say the communications field because I'm not necessarily even talking about communications professionals yeah, who yeah. are you know being paid to do it. In a way, that field has widened so much to the casual people who have an interest in a story, and it's becoming harder and harder to tell the difference between the people who are being paid to do it, not because of the caliber of what they're doing, but because it's actually not a bad strategy, right? Like, if you just look like a citizen who, hey, I'm just tweeting about this event that's going on, and actually you're being paid, it's, it's harder, to, harder and harder to tell the difference between them. I mean, it requires more work on our part basically to determine what's a pitch and what's just a, a, an interested person who's, who's treating something. It has widened and leveled the playing field in a lot of ways, though, for that same reason, that, that people who 
have an interest in something can get the word out so much easier. And all it takes is something, some link to a page that interests the journalist and suddenly they've, they've got your attention. So would you say that story ideas or stories from your communities come to you easier now than they did before? Or? Well, I think, I think it's, um, it's split. I think in some, for people who are technologically savvy, we're hearing their stories a lot with a lot more ease. I would hope that what has been maintained is people still going out into the community to find all the stories that aren't being tweeted. You know, the things that are not just somehow ending up on open, which is nothing else, like Open File Ottawa, yeah. amazing, amazing uh, group of, of journalists working there and, and, and researching their stories. But it, there is sort of um, a culture right now where I don't know whether the right analogy is the dog chasing its own tail or not, but but where people are um, sort of feeding out of the same pool unnecessarily, finding the same things uh, out. And I I hope that what is also happening at the same time is people heading outside of that and and still bothering to find out about stories that aren't only being pitched and discussed in the technological community. I think that the beauty of Twitter is the enhancement that it gives to all of those other old school ways of finding stories. I'm hoping it's not replacing it. Which is interesting because at least what what about CBC Ottawa I've always found very intriguing because I listen to it both in the mornings and at night mm-hmm. you know and then it starts you guess they're getting sucked into it in the middle of the day I mean it's what radio am I, am I the middle of the day that you get sucked into is that no, what you're saying no no it's, it's Gian Gameshi oh I see okay, Q yeah. sucks me in all the time right but uh, what's interesting about it though is radio is still strong wouldn't you say like at least in yeah. Ottawa like CBC Ottawa is still doing well still doing really strong still putting out great t- content so how do you think radio has changed at all or has it uh, since what since I don't know last 10 years in 10 years um, I think well I think one of the things that you've seen is my job I mean, I didn't start out as a host either, but mm-hmm. there was a point where a host's job was what you did on air. And I mean, sorry, of course it yeah. always involved going out into the community as well. But yeah. now with my program, I am not only doing you know some of the research and writing and, and obviously hosting the program, but throughout the program, I'm tweeting while we're on the air. I am answering emails. I am watching all of that unfold, which has led, um, lent a definite sense of, of currency to it, a, a, a sense that what is happening at that moment we're able to react to. Not necessarily throw on the air, Gordon Lightfoot is dead, but the you need to be able to at least find out what's happening and you can have conversations with people as it's unfolding. When stuff, you know, is, is uh, an event is ongoing and you just want to say, what do you think? The fact that you're hearing opinions from people, again, none of this, when I, this goes back to the, what I was saying earlier about enhancing versus replacing, none of it should be instead of the old stories that you're always going to want to do and hear on CBC Radio, but hopefully you're, you're getting an added level, but it has meant more work for everybody. There's increased pressure to get our content back up online faster. People are, at the end of the show, saying, 
I'm on your website and I don't see the story that you did at 420. And I don't know if they understand that it's like three people working on the show. Like there's not, and everybody's chasing stories and everybody's, so there's that expectation is now, understandably, that stuff is going to be up there. And I think similarly for the, the paper, uh, the newspapers that are out there, the outrage over people charging for content I'm of two minds there because there is this part of me that thinks, okay, so it's interesting that you allowed this to become something that people don't feel they need to pay for up to a certain point. So now there's an expectation. Where's my free content that I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. having all the time? Which also shifts, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with free content being online, of course, but it does indicate what the expectations are that are out there for, for people and what they, what, not only how quickly they want content, but how quickly they want it to be updated and changed. And um, and that's a lot to keep up with if you don't have a team of 20 or, or you know, this, there's, I, I give full credit to everybody who's, who works with me, the awesome job that they do, but it's, I think, a challenge to do at the level that, I think we're doing it, but I think it's hard to sustain. Yeah. And similarly, you're expected now a story is going to be split up radio tv online um i'm probably forgetting something but but there's probably some other yeah. uh forum that i'm yeah. not thinking of but there is a constant um need for the stories to be done in all media at all times yeah. and i think well, that's, even within online right you have the, the podcast or that's the right form exactly. of it, right yeah then the pictures have to yeah. be on five different social right. media platforms i mean yeah. and suddenly you know you need visuals on a radio show. This was never a concern before. I wasn't, you know, worrying about going, when I went out to do a story, I wasn't, and I know people are thinking, well, big deal, you have to snap a shot on your Blackberry, that's really hard. It's just one extra thing. So it's, I'm not, I'm not saying it's some huge onus, but it's an interesting way that your brain is now going and more and filtering through more and more things. And I think um, it's, it is a different world. I find it an exciting one. I find it to be a place where there is that interactivity, where there is that... Um, that is one of my favorite things, is being able to instantly interact with things. With things. With things that are in Ottawa, with people in Ottawa. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I think at the same time there is... We sometimes do it just have to take a step back and saying, okay, are we still doing as good a job on everything now while we're keeping up with the pace and the demands of people? So where do you then do you, like, there's going to be some, I think there's got to be some sort of breaking point. Right. Or some, I don't even know, like, and I don't think it's an end point. It's either a, a massive turn in the road somewhere. Where do you think that's going to be, or is that even going to be? When they snap. No, uh, well, it's, it's, it, it is an interesting point, right? Because if right now, for our show, for instance, we are not webcasting the visual of the interview, for instance. We are not, yeah. whereas Q does, for instance, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Or, or was. And I, I think that's like an additional thing. So suddenly it's going on television at the same time as it's going on. I, I think maybe the technology has to catch up. Like, for instance, if you could think about a way of, maybe it already exists, but where your stories were being translated into text that is posted immediately 
or that um, I mean it would be impossible to tweet an entire interview that way but but where right now we're feeding the technology rather than the technology kind of assisting in what we're doing. Sort of like an automated syndication. Yeah, I mean there are tons of problems that would happen with that as well. Like, I mean, I could see there are things I would not want going out everywhere uh, and and there's probably, I think think that's the thing. I think one thing that we have to keep in mind with all of this stuff is the filter, right? Like, there is still, at some point, somebody still has to be a gatekeeper enough to say, hey, that is something worth preserving for all time. That is something that we want going out there everywhere. I mean, it's different for three hours of live radio every day. Stuff goes wrong, stuff goes wrong. It goes, it happens. You hope it doesn't, but but it can. But I think at some point we, we can't just be throwing content out there without having the time to really change it. And I think the, the, the challenge with that increased pressure and uh, not increased pressure but increased maximized time schedule or whatever you want to call it the the challenge that that puts on everybody is having the time to break the news cycle to say hey let's think more about this story let's ensure that we've got all the sides we want to this or at least for today let's let's take a step back which i think we are still doing but i worry as more and more gets thrown at you that you have the time to really process what do those numbers mean mm-hmm. what when we're talking about risk what are what are we really talking about with risk what is we're critical thinking basically and and it's something that as i said i think it is being held on to right now but i worry that the more that you are asked to juggle the teacups the more likely it is that you are going to fall, and and um, that, that's that's a concern. Mm-hmm. And I think there is a way of making it work better, but I think that's that is certainly something that mm-hmm. you hope doesn't happen. Because if your job is to be telling the stories and ensuring the stories are getting out there, you want to not be doing a less complete job of ensuring those stories go out there at, uh, in order to benefit the speed or range of media or all of those things. Yeah. I, I can see it being a really big challenge because the pace of technological change and adoption is only increasing in many senses, yeah. right? Sure. I mean, where, say, uh, you know, podcasting's relatively new, but, like, you know, having video content up now super quick yeah, has got to exactly. be the big thing <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. So do you think that we need to be spending more time on like media awareness education than we are right now that people's under- ability to filter what's coming at them now right. that more is coming at them hasn't even remotely caught up to right. like, the speed at which and it's only going to get worse well yes and no I mean that's, it's, it, it's interesting because you talk to not all and I, I mean it's weird because you can talk to one group and suddenly it seems completely different from the other but um, teenagers I talk to kids, elementary school kids I talk to are much more media savvy than you'd expect in in a critical thinking sense, in a sense of being able to say, wow, that commercial doesn't portray girls in a good way, or that that story didn't tell me about, like I'm always kind of shocked when I talk to kids about, and they, they talk about not using the buzzwords, not necessarily... Yeah. You know, using media linguism, yeah. media linguism, yeah. uh, but 
they they I do understand. So I think maybe it is forcing. My my fear is that it also. I think there's a, a wonderful sense of skepticism that is out there when people are reading reports and seeing reports. But I wonder if, in some ways, it leads to nothing being trusted, yeah. like which I is better than everything being trusted. I suppose in some way, I prefer that people were able to say, "I don't buy that." But at what point are we leading people to the sense of probably nothing was checked on that, so you shouldn't believe it? I, I and I'm not talking about my work in particular. I just mean that in general, as people have more to do. And when it comes to media awareness, I, I would hope that adults are thinking about the fact that ah, that tweet that I saw flash across the screen may not be true. Not when it's coming from CBC, then it's always true. But when I, I'm saying for just what anybody can post at any time, I'm hoping that people are using some discretion, using some thought yeah. to ensure that I think in some ways only compounded by the rise of like citizen journalism, right? The like, rise of sort of like citizen journalism, right? right. In the sense, almost everybody's their own reporter. Yep. Everybody's their own content. Which again, as I say, like there are incredible bonuses to that. Voices are being heard. Like the, the pros, I really do think outweigh the cons. It's just I hope people are paying attention to the cons while we're doing it. I hope there are moments where people are able to say. Like, this is not a matter of like, oh my gosh, we shouldn't be using Twitter then. Oh my gosh, we, what, citizen journalism is bad. Like, that, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, I hope that while all that's going on, that the critical thinking caps are still happening on both sides of the fence. And it's not all about the people who are reading or listening or watching. It's also the people who are putting out all that material, that they're taking the time to say, all right, this is... <laughs> This is how we're being perceived. How are we rising to that level? Thanks for listening to IABC's podcast, The Voice. My conversation today was with Alan Neal from CBC Ottawa. If you want to follow Alan on Twitter, he's at Alan Neal Ottawa. Again, join us in a couple weeks from now. We're going to present part two of this series with Kevin Newman. CTV's digital evangelist and co-host of Question Period. And then two weeks from that, we're gonna have the third part of our series on news media and storytelling in the digital age with TVO Steve Spakin. Thanks very much and have a great day. You've been listening to the podcast of the International Association of Business Communicators, Ottawa Chapter, produced at the Media Style Studio. For more information, visit ottawa.iabc.ca.